It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Thursday, December 10th, and today is a crossover Thursday. We'll have Joe Marino of Locked On Bills on to ask him questions. He'll ask me questions. We'll have a good time breaking down this upcoming huge game with the 11-1 Steelers against the 9-3 Bills in Buffalo. But before that, I'm going to get you guys up to date with the latest Steelers news. We got good news, y'all. Finally. James Conner's back. I'll talk about that and some of the other moves that the Steelers are making that could signal what's to come before this game. All that and more right here on Locked On Steelers. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. I like to watch this season when I'm going over game footage to see how T.J. Watt gets a lot of his sacks. When I do, I like to drink a nice cold Pepsi. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through your game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Let's get into it. All right, all right. Whew, finally, some good news to talk about you guys. It's not, it's not. Oh, the Steelers lost. It's crazy. I'm saying, finally, some good news when we're dealing with an 11-1 team. But you know, it'd be feeling like that. So let's get into it. James Conner activated from the COVID-19 reserve list. Huge for the Steelers. Huge for James Conner. You know that they wouldn't activate this guy if he wasn't also healthy. Um, everybody was scared because James Conner. You know, he's a local hero from PA. Went to Pitt, was a star for them, survived cancer, came back, played for them. Now he's, you know, been, been a starting running back for the Steelers. Um, truly an inspiration of a young man, and uh, he's getting it in. And uh, it's good to see that he made it through testing positive for COVID-19 without any hitches. Looks like he'll be back to play this week. That's going to be huge for the rushing offense, guys. That's, I, I think that, you know, we we look at James Conner and we think, oh, man, you know, he's no Le'Veon Bell, but we forget how special Le'Veon Bell was. And uh, when you compare it to things, uh, and we'll, we're going to talk to Joe Marino just a bit here on the Bills. But, you know, when you when you think about James Conner and the Steelers' rushing attack, um, you'd forget that he has a 645 yards across nine starts. That's not great, but it's also not as bad as you think. The Bills, for example, their running back, Devin Singletary, a guy they drafted to go get and to revitalize their running game, he has four, 544 yards. He averages less than than James Conner. He only has one touchdown in the year. I think that James Conner is a little bit better than people give him credit for. He has five touchdowns on the year on the ground. Um, I also think he'll help more in the receiving game for Ben Roethlisberger. So big time uh, get for the Steelers there for him to come back. Also, Ulysses Gilbert, remember him? 
backup inside linebacker that was supposed to be the sideline to sideline guy to back up Devin Bush and then he got his back injury and then he was on injured reserve and no one knew what was going to happen and then we saw Robert Spillane and we forgot all about him well guess what He's practicing this week. Now, it's not official, as of the time I'm recording this, that he's going to play this week, nor is it official that he's back from injured reserve. But him practicing is the Steelers saying, okay, we're ready to see what you got. And they've seen enough to say at least you can come out here, run around, and see what you got going on for you. So Ulysses Gilbert could be the welcomed reinforcements for the Steelers' defense, considering Robert Spillane did have an injury. He will not play this week. But... ESPN says he is expected to return sometime this season, which is another good sign for the Steelers. Got to look at that as a positive moving forward. I I think there's a few good things here. Um, I look at this and I think, man, uh, if the Steelers can get the running game back on track, and again, I'm not saying a dominant running game. I'm just saying back to, you know, getting a, a little over 100 yards, you know, on, you know, on the ground. I'm saying... You know, getting, you know, having that balance on the offense where the the passing game is still clearly the leading factor. But on top of that, it's also the, um, it's also what's, it's also just, you know, the running game is able to balance it out more so that teams can't just sit on that short passing game. Um, but again, like I said yesterday with Dean, I think the deep passing game is what's going to ultimately open that up for both of those uh, types of games. But again, James Conner being back huge, Ulysses Gilbert could be huge but here's another thing that came out um and dale lolly tweeted this uh matthew wright the kicker that we were watching last week and he didn't do a bad job he did his thing um but of course the steelers weren't as you know confident with him otherwise they probably would have kicked the field goal uh when they were up against the um uh, when they were up, when they were up again, when they had that fourth and one where they threw to Anthony McFarland, um, if Chris Boswell's in there, but Dale Lally reports Matthew Wright is going back to the practice squad. That gives um, that gives this, the Steelers as they're making moves. They signed this guy Cassius Marsh, who's a defensive end slash outside linebacker from the Colts practice squad. So he's going to go to the team's roster. We'll see what that does. But they still need to release one more guy or send a guy to the practice practice squad. Um, we'll see who they do for that. I expect you know. Maybe an Antoine Brooks, maybe a J. Roan Elliott, somewhere along those, or somewhere along those lines. It's not going to be a big deal for the roster. But if Matthew Wright's going to the practice squad, you know what that means? Chris Boswell's coming back, which is what we were all listening to see on top of James Conner. Now, Mike Thomas said he's confident he'll get Marquise Pouncey back too. So maybe I'll be saying this tomorrow when we're on with Jenna Harner because she will be on the show. But um, I like the these good bits of news it's nice to have something refreshing and positive before a game instead of doom and gloom and you're not going to have half your team so we'll see how that plays out um but you know Steelers if they can get healthy I think the other thing is can Steven Nelson play we'll see how that works out for the rest of the week can Joe Hayden play maybe him less much because he has that concussion protocol he has to get through uh but you know, James Conner could be a huge get, and this is a huge game. You beat the Bills, you get yourself 12 wins, you pretty much lock yourself in in for the playoffs, and you're going to make it that much harder for uh, you know, for any for you know for any of the teams to catch you. And it's a sign to the rest of the NFL, like, look, yeah, we 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 had a misstep, we lost the game. But the Steelers, they're still the most dangerous team in football, and uh, beating the the nine and three Bills would be a huge statement for that. Let's see if James Conner helps in that regard. Okay. Speaking of the Bills, we got to get to our crossover episode. It's Joe Marino. You know Joe. He's the super draft expert for the draft for the draft network. He's you know a heck of a um he's a heck he's a heck of an analyst. We've had him on the show before for Locked On Bills. We're gonna talk to him in just a minute here. Before we do so, we gotta talk to our friends at 
Built Go. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. Whether it's a mental or a physical wall, you can break through it with Go every day. It's, an, it's easy to take in just one and a half ounce packages. You can put the package in your briefcase for your most focused presentation ever, your golf bag to help you power through the back nine, or just put it in your pocket to help you get through the day or through your workout. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like five hour energy without the same crash feeling in the end. Plus it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink, but with a third of the caffeine and better results. And it comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. Built Go combines energy gel with protein. And that protein is fast absorbing to get into your system fast. Plus, it's easier on the stomach. Bilko is loaded with good stuff to ignite my workout. Better alanine, B3, honey, and just a little kick of caffeine. And Bilko then keeps kicks in to keep me going strong. It's got B6 and B12. And Bilko helps, helps you get healthier joints, soft tissue, hair, and skin. This stuff literally makes you look better. Visit BuiltGo.com and use their code LOCKED, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, LOCKED, and you'll get 30% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, LOCKED, for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go! If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm joined now by Chris Carter, the host of the Lockdown Steelers podcast, to help get us ready for Sunday night football when the 9-3 and Bills host the 11-1 and Pittsburgh Steelers. And, Chris, I want to start with this quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger. He's back, right? Missed basically all of last season. And upon his return, he seems to be a stylistically different quarterback than the guy we saw for all those years before. Can you tell us about – how Ben looks to you and how his game has changed since the injury. I got to say, Joe, Ben's different this year is he is doing the things that a lot of people, including myself, said he needed to do for years. Uh, oftentimes, Ben Roethlisberger, when he was young, he relied on his athleticism to get out of the pocket and escape and just launch a, a deep ball 50 yards downfield. And, you know, and, and back in the day, that made that made a lot of sense because that was, the, you know, the, the type of NFL that you lived in. Um, and the still get by with a great defense and with some playmakers and Ben Roethlisberger doing that. But then, you know, under Todd Haley, you saw him throw the ball more and, and he's, but even in those days, he often focused on one wide receiver or two targets and he would force feed them the ball because that was, he knew that they would make the plays. Of course, talking about Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Um, but this year he's come at it from a different approach. And he said during the off season uh, when the steel when the, when he had to get that surgery, he said that having to sit, sit on, stand on the sideline all season it helped him reevaluate his approach and what he needed to do as a quarterback. Um, he has improved as a leader and as a a person that the teammates can go to. Like for example, two years ago when he um, in the, the year before he got hurt, 
uh, James Washington was a rookie wide receiver. He said he was intimidated by Ben Roethlisberger. He couldn't, he he didn't feel comfortable going up to him and asking him questions. That's gone. Uh, you know, and Ben Roethlisberger has a lot of young receivers on the team, but Chase Claypool, him and Ben, they, they, there's, there's no, there's no questions there. James Washington, Deontay Johnson, all of them are fitting in just like Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, and the thing is with Ben, he's seen the field better. Um, in the last two games, I think he's taken a hit because the Steelers have been kind of, you know, they've been, they keep getting dealt weird situations this, this season. Um, but for the most part this season, Ben Roethlisberger has been a guy that, like, hey, I'm not going to focus on one guy. I'm going to take whatever I see is there the defense is presenting. And that is a different change in how he's played. And I think it's, it's yielded uh, so far very good results for, the, for, for him in the offense. Um, they're still clo- scoring around 27 points per game. And uh, he's, he's, I think that's, this is the most complete version of him we've seen. And it's crazy because this is probably the worst, ver- the worst his arm has been as far as hitting the deep ball down the field. You know, you think about what this offense now looks like. You mentioned the, the the changes in the way Ben's playing and how he's connecting with his complete arsenal of weapons. Tell us about what this offense looks like because, you know, we kind of throw last year out the door. Nobody cares about what that offense looked like last year under Rudolph and Hodges. Yeah. And then you think back to the years before that, and we're talking about Ben and, you know, Le'Veon Brown and, and, and or Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. It's been a while since this team has really looked like that. So what are the strengths and, and weaknesses of this offense and what we can expect on Sunday night? Uh, the thing is, I think it's a strength that is is uh, when it's working. Right now, the weaknesses are obviously they're dropping the football the last two games. They had seven official drops uh, against Washington, five official dro- drops against Baltimore. I counted more like six or seven in that game as well. Uh, but when you look at this group, when, they, when they're on, it is tough to predict where the ball is going to go. Case being in point, the Steelers' top three receivers as far as yardage right now are split by a total of 54 yards. That never happened. Uh, with the with the Steelers and their situation over the years, and either Antonio Brown was far ahead of everybody, and uh, or you know in the last year of 2018, Juju was right with him. He actually led 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 the team in receiving in that year. Um, but there was always a huge drop off after the first guy or the first and second guys. That drop off isn't there right now. Even with the, the the fourth guy behind them, Eric Ebron, he has 481 yards. Dane Washington with 343. There's everyone's kind of hovering around. You know, no one has a thousand yards this yet, yet, yet this year because everyone's kind of hovering around those middling age. Because Ben Roethlisberger's not just throwing Chase Claypool go and get the deep ball. It's not, it's not a, it's not the, the, the same thing this year. So what really made them tough to defend for for quite some time was the fact that when they came out, if they had Claypool and Johnson, Juju and Ebron and Connor on the field, you didn't know who was getting the ball. So teams, anytime you double team somebody, Ben would just go the other way, and that had less led to him. You know, having 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions, um, you know, and anyone who's watched Ben over the years knows that, you know, he's he used to kind of just when he threw interceptions, he's like, well, that's the double edged sword of Ben Roethlisberger. Now he's uh, put himself in a situation where everyone's available to him. And that's sort of what made them strong. But on top of the drops, what has happened this year is the running game has disappeared in the first few games for the Steelers. It didn't seem like a problem because they were getting over 100 yards in, you know, in the first in fact, the first five straight games, they got over 100 yards rushing, and it wasn't an issue. And even against the Titans, it was not; they got 94 yards. But as the season has gone on, there was a stretch of three games where they got less than 50 yards rushing. Um, 
and uh, and then against Baltimore, they got 68 in that win. But, you know, against Washington, it resurfaced with 21 yards. Now, granted, some of that might be because Marquise Pouncey's on the COVID list, James Conner's on the COVID list, and uh, James Conner just got activated, so he's back. But uh, there is a lot of concern, and Mike Tomlin expressed it in his weekly press conference saying – uh, the running game does need to improve, and they're going to be focusing on that. And I do think that the Steelers are going to try some different things when it comes to getting the running game back into the offense. Because uh, during that stretch where where, where they've played, they, they you know, the last, I'd say the last four or five wins that they had, they were just saying, "Hey, Ben Roethlisberger, go out there, get this done." And uh, it was it was nice, but at some point, you do need to balance out your offense. Let's shift gears now to the defensive side of the football. Um, defensively, this team looks pretty good in terms of where they're ranked in terms of scoring and sacks and run defense and pass defense and they get turnovers, but they've got a ton of injuries right now. And so maybe you can help sort that out for us. Tell us who's not going to be available for Pittsburgh on Sunday night that you know of at this point. I know obviously Bud Dupree uh, and Devin Bush are, are out for the rest of the year. Uh, so get us caught up to speed here with these defensive injuries and then just break down this Pittsburgh defense, what, what the strengths and weaknesses are. Uh, well, first, Robert Spillane won't play this game. He's expected to come back at some point this season, but not this week. Uh, Spillane was the guy that stepped up in placement of Devin Bush. And, and really, Steelers fans had been really happy with him. Um, he had, in, And the Steelers were happy with him. You know, in, his first, uh, in, in his first couple of weeks, he had a big hit on Derrick Henry at the goal line that everyone was talking about. He had a pick six on Lamar Jackson that everyone was talking about. And he's been solid. He's not a supreme playmaker, but he's a guy that can – he can cover the running back out the backfield. He can run with your guys. He's not going to be – he's not going to blow up, you know, a guard in the hole or a fullback in the hole and, and, and stuff everything down. But he's, I mean, he's really good at understanding the defense, being where he's supposed to be and helping everyone stay together. Um, in his place will be Avery Williamson, the guy they traded for from the Jets. Um, but the Steelers also, uh, it's now reported that they are bringing back Ulysses Gilbert III, who's kind of been the, the backup sideline-to-sideline guy. He got hurt earlier in the season. He went on injury reserve. He's still on injury reserve. He might not play this week, um, but he could be back soon for the Steelers. We'll see how that plays out um, with, with everything going on, with him being on IR. Uh, but Avery Williamson's back up there. Um, we're not sure about the status of Joe Hayden. He had a concussion in this last game. Um, his status is up in the air. Uh, Mike Tomlin said he's confident that he'll get Steven Nelson back. And that was the big thing was that in this last game, uh, when Joe Hayden went down, the Steelers had their third and fourth string cornerbacks starting on the outside. And their third string cornerback is Cameron Sutton, who's really, you know, the second slot guy that they have. And they often used him in the middle of the field when you put him out there it's going to really thin out their ranks uh, across the defense. So um, Joe Hayden is still a question mark. Steven Nelson's supposed to be back. Um, those are the big injuries right there with them and Spillane. Um, but, uh, but right now the big thing about the Steelers, I think, is if you're going to attack this defense, you're very rarely going to just get the big play. Like, you know, some people, if you watched that Baltimore game, you saw that game at the that play at the end of the game where Hollywood Brown broke it for a long touchdown. That was a, that's been a rarity for the Steelers. Mika Fitzpatrick has really helped solidify the back end of the team. Um, and when Hayden and Nelson were, have been both been healthy, they've both been very good at keeping the play in front of them and then jumping it when there's a mistake. And they forced quarterbacks to dink and dunk their way through this defense. And if you score, it's like, hey, you did a good job on that drive. But rarely is it, you know, the big play that gets behind them um, because they were lack of, they, they, they weren't accountable on, on it. So um, I, I look at this defense as still a group that if they can keep, 
if they get back at least one of those cornerbacks, and if they get back both of them, I think they're in a much better situation. But they have so many flexible pieces that have allowed them to cover up problems. Like, for example, Joe, a few years ago when, when Ryan Shazier went down, he was the pillar of the defense. And when he went down, they had no answers. They, you know, their secondary was not nearly as good as it is now. Um, they all, you know, Pretty much all the guys on that team that were there then are gone, except for Sean Davis, who came back as a backup. Um, but, you know, now when Devin Bush went down, they were able to say, okay, Robert Spillane, you're not going to have to do all these crazy things. You just got to do your job here because we've got Mike Hilton in the slot here, Cam Sutton in the slot here, Terrell Edmonds drops down in the box and helps as a strong safety, and he's played better this year. Minka Fitzpatrick can do all the things that he does, and that's allowed that flexibility here. But now you're starting to ask a lot of the Steelers because, like you said, with Bud Dupree going down, Alex Highsmith, who's done very well this year as a rookie, he stepped up, but there's – it's starting to ask a lot to say, okay, now, you know, next man up here and here and here and here, which is where the Steelers are right now. If I'm the Bills, I try to stick to my game plan, you know, take some shots to test, you know, when, you know, whenever a backup is in there in the secondary. Um, but still, it's going to be about Josh Allen being consistent and uh, moving the ball down the field and taking what the Steelers give them. Because, I mean, they're like any defense. They have to have soft spots and different calls. So, one thing that's interesting about this Pittsburgh team is how many mixed opinions there are about it, right? They have the best record in football. They're 11 and one. They have the number seven scoring offense, the number one scoring defense. They get plenty of turnovers. They get sacks. Where do you stand on this team? I mean, obviously you cover them every day. You're, you're plugged in. Where do you stand on the ceiling for this Pittsburgh squad? I mean, I I think we still haven't even seen it yet. That's the thing. Uh, Even when they were beaten, the Titans who it's funny, Joe, because you know, when the Steelers went, went to four and and everyone was like, well, you haven't played anybody. Wait till you play the Browns of all, of all people. And, and then they, they smoked the Browns like, well, the Browns, okay. They weren't really that good, but wait till you play the Titans. Then they beat the Titans on the road. Okay. Okay. The Titans, maybe they're frauds, but now you face Lamar Jackson and he's at home and he's coming off a bot and they beat him. And then it was just like every week it's, it's like, you're not going to, and then finally when they lose to Washington, see, we told you, we told you they weren't good. And it's like, what, what, are you, what are we doing here? You know, uh, yeah. that's kind of where I, I see this Steelers team, they got weaknesses, absolutely. And I've said them all season, you know, they, the, the, the lack of a run game you know, is an issue, but it's one that they're able to mask over because they have such a diverse passing attack where, again, you know, in, in, the, in the AFC Championship game when they lost to the Patriots in 20, winter of 2017, uh, you know, year of 2016, um, when, when they lost in that game, it was when – they had no receivers outside of Brown that Ben felt comfortable, comfortable throwing to. So the Patriots took away Brown and that was it. That was the offense. It was done. Um, you can't do that to this team anymore. And I think that's been its strength. Um, so when people talk about this team and they say, you know, what they don't like about it, you know, they don't do everything pretty, but they find ways to win and they find different ways to win. You know, sometimes it's Eric Ebron jumping over a guy at the goal line. You know, sometimes it's Chase Claypool going ballistic. Sometimes it's James Conner and early in the season, he was pounding teams into submission um, with the way that, you know, he was able to close out games. Um, you know, it, it's, they have different ways to be, and especially the defense, you know, they stuff the run well, they rush the passer well, they cover well. You know, I think that's the other thing people don't realize is that this, this team has good players in the secondary when they're all healthy. Uh, you know, Micah Fitzpatrick, he has four interceptions. Terrell Evans has two interceptions. Hayden has two. Uh, you know, they, they find different ways to beat you. And that's the thing is you can't come into the Steelers game and just say, okay, if we take away this guy and that guy, we got a really good chance to beat this team. You have to take away all these different things. And that, that's where I think that they are seriously a threat. And I'm not guaranteeing that they're going to win out and go 15-1 and one and win the Super Bowl. But I am saying that, you know, if they can get healthy, 
with the, the injuries they have on defense. And if the receivers that are dropping passes right now, namely it's tight end Eric Ebron and Deontay Johnson over the past couple of weeks, um, if those guys get back to what they were doing before these last two games when their whole schedule was flipped upside down, they're just as good as any team in the NFL. Um, they would uh, uh, Games against them and the Chiefs would probably go, you know, split five and five, you know, down the middle if they played 10, 10, 10 times. So um, I'm – I get the I get the skepticism that some people have at times, but then there's other times I'm just like uh, you know like Colin Coward who said the Giants are better than the Steelers. I'm like, what are we doing here? <laughs> so the last one I have for you, Chris, you mentioned a couple times about how the the schedule has been kind of flipped around on Pittsburgh this year. The the bye week got moved way early in the year, and and actually Pittsburgh is right now this is what their third game in 12 days. Yep, based on the the way that that Ravens game got moved around. Mm-hmm. So. I imagine this is probably a tired football team, and you're you're probably really happy that Mike Tomlin's the head coach, a, a sensational leader of men, uh, to be able to kind of navigate these challenging waters. So, when you consider this matchup on Sunday, under those circumstances, what are some of those X factors that come to mind for you when you're considering how Pittsburgh can come away with a win on Sunday? Uh, well, well, one, you're right about the the whole tired thing. If people don't realize when their their bye was originally week eight, right in the middle of the season. When it got moved to week four, they were told on Thursday, so they practiced all yep. week as if that was game as if game day was Sunday. So they really didn't get a bye week. They got two days, and then they were back at it for next week. Uh, whereas you know a bye week, they'd have most of the week to rest, maybe do a walkthrough, and then chill that weekend. Um, and then with the Ravens, that was supposed to be their their long week after Thanksgiving, like what the Cowboys and what uh, what Washington got afterwards, uh, where they had you know maybe like ten days to kind of ice up, get some rest, and then get back to your game plan. Uh, you know they they definitely are feeling that right now, and I think you're seeing that with the rush of injuries that they continue to have to endure. Um, and not and not even the, the Devin Bush and the, and the Bud Dupree ACL injuries. Those are just things that it's bad luck and slip and falls and you tear an ACL soft tissue. But that that's wearing on them. And but the things that have really carried the Steelers through to this point have been their playmakers on defense. You know, can they can they a get after the quarterback and b capitalize on interceptions? Uh, you know, on opportunities to force turnovers. The Steelers still have the most turnovers in the league. Um, and uh, they, the, this, this last game, it was the first game they didn't get a turnover. And T.J. Watt, he, he forced a fumble, and he sort of just fell. He, he fell, and he stopped. He tried to scoop it, and he just missed the ball. And, uh, and that led to Washington keeping the football in that possession. If he does that, you know, maybe the Steelers win that game against Washington. But I just uh, – when you look at this, this year, the big thing is creating the turnovers on defense. Can T.J. Watt get after it? And it's not just T.J. You know, Stephon Tewitt, he has eight sacks on the year right now. And he's, a, he's, he's listed as a D.N., but he's really just an interior defensive lineman, in, you know, in, in how he lines up. He rarely lines up on the edge, if ever. Um, if, if they get after the quarterback with him and Cam Hayward and even Alex Highsmith, and uh, if Josh Allen makes a mistake – Mika Fitzpatrick and, and that secondary have to have to make plays in the football. That's how this defense has, you know, re, you know, rebounded and brought this team back whenever the offense has struggled. And for the offense, catch the football. Ben Roethlisberger, you know, even even when he struggled, there was you know there was a pass he missed to Derek Watt in the end zone against Baltimore um, that was wide open. But even when he struggled, he's delivered several really good passes that, if caught, could have changed or you know you know against Baltimore they swept them. But, you know, in that if they catch those some of those passes, it's a blowout. Or if it gives Washington, they catch some of those passes, they probably they probably win and, or, you know, push Washington in a more desperate situation earlier. So uh, for the offense, it's catching the football, 
It's getting back to what you do well as far as spreading it around and making it less predictable. Um, and uh, we'll see if they can get back to that. But, you know, you got what's going to pull them out of the rut that they're in. It's crazy. We're saying a rut while they're 11 and one. Um, but what's going to pull them out are the things that got them into this win streak. And that's, you know, being an efficient offense that capitalizes on opportunities and being a defense that, you know, creates those opportunities with the turnovers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Sometimes I like to watch this season with a cold Pepsi when Ben Roethlisberger is throwing one of those touchdowns that he's thrown several times this year. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi. Made for Football Watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and that means Locked On Steelers has to talk to Locked On Bills. Of course, I'm Chris Carter. He's Joe Marino. Joe, you just got done asking me some questions. Let's flip it around and ask you some questions. Now, Joe, Ben Roethlisberger in his uh, Wednesday press conference was giving lots of high praise to Josh Allen, and, and rightfully so. Josh Allen's been on fire this year, um, and uh, you, know, I, you, know, I, you look at what he's done right now, and you see a guy who last year a lot of people were criticizing, you know, at times, you know, in the playoff game when, you know, against Texas, against the Texans where he flipped the ball and people were like, what is he doing there? But he's got 26 uh, touchdowns throwing, eight interceptions. Um, he also is going, is going ballistic on the ground for six touchdowns. What has helped his development the most? What have you seen him grow the most that has gotten him to the point where he's at right now? You know, I think it's, it's a number of things and, and people – Love to point to Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator, who's terrific and, and has done a good job uh, developing the scheme around Josh Allen, obviously bringing in Stefan Diggs and giving him a number one wide receiver to help keep this offense on schedule has mattered a ton. A uh, lot of continuity on the offensive line uh, year to year, uh, some pieces that they really like there. It's an efficient group. But the guy that's most responsible for Josh Allen and the growth that he's demonstrated is Josh Allen. I mean, he works extremely hard and he loves playing football. He loves being the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills and he applies himself very, very deliberately in the off season. And he's been working with Jordan Palmer out in California every off season and really focusing on different variables of his game and, and improving it. And I think since Josh Allen got into the league, he's done nothing but improve and, you know, I go back to even his days at Wyoming, and I, I encourage people, especially Bills fans, to watch him at Wyoming and then watch him as a rookie early in the season. Watch him late in the season as a rookie. Watch him early in 2019, late in 2019, and then watch him this year. And while it seems like it happened overnight, it's been very gradual, and there's been incremental steps along the way where Josh Allen has 
developed into a pretty complete player. And him playing at the level that he is is still something I'm getting used to uh, because, I, I mean, we always knew that he had really rare physical gifts, but could he ever develop accuracy and decision-making? You know, that was the question, and, and he has. And all of the stuff we talked about factors into that, but Josh Allen works extremely hard. He's been honest about his deficiencies, and he's been really deliberate about improving them. And I know most people don't get better at accuracy and decision-making, but Josh Allen is proving that that can be done, and his work ethic and what he's done to improve his game uh, is what is most responsible for this player that we're seeing. That is what third is the third best odds right now to be the mm-hmm. NFL MVP behind mm-hmm. Russ Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, or it's, you know, I mean, it's just it's unbelievable. Or, excuse me, behind Patrick Mahomes and Eric, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, right. he's now above Wilson. You know, so I mean, he's he's playing really well and he's worked extremely hard to get here. Now, this offense, you talk about the Steelers' offense is ranked seventh the, the, in scoring. The Bills are ranked eighth. They're right behind them. Um, I look at this Bills offense, and everybody knew Stephon Diggs. As soon as he was signed, like, oh, that's going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what has helped complete this offense? Because you see guys that might not poke out to you as much as Cole Beasley, you know, John Brown when he was healthy, you know, Singletary, the rookie Zach Moss, who some Steelers fans wanted to, wanted to draft. Um, what has helped complete this group to make them – a more complete group that, you know, because it can't just be Josh Allen throwing the football. He's got to have people to help make this offense go. Yeah, I think it's been a lot of 10 personnel, uh, four wide receiver sets. Mm. I think I think the willingness of Brian Dable to adapt that into his offense um, has really opened things up even more. And I think the guy that's responsible for that, believe it or not, is rookie Gabriel Davis, a fourth-round pick out of Central Florida. Mm. His ability to come in and play multiple spots – uh, at receiver and learn the playbook and really just get it down um, has allowed more scheme evolution from Brian Dable. And so obviously when John Brown was healthy, it was helpful, but you have, you were able to put out on the field, Diggs, Brown, Beasley, and Gabriel Davis, and you felt really good about your 10 personnel packages. Well, now you kind of just put Gabriel Davis in the John Brown role and you bring in Isaiah McKenzie or Jake Kumro, uh, you know, take your pick there uh, to, to be the fourth receiver and you can still continue doing that. And that's because Gabriel Davis can play all the spots. And I know that's kind of crazy to give this much praise to a fourth-round rookie wide receiver that's had good production. He's not, he's not Jefferson or C.D. Lamb or Chase Claypool when it comes to rookie wide receivers. But his skill set and his ability to learn the playbook has allowed for that, that evolution of the scheme. And I think the spread concepts have been great for Josh Allen to just give him more options, uh, to give him cleaner reads, to make him go through his progressions more efficiently and make better decisions. And so uh, I think it's 10 personnel. I mean, the Bills are a lot of 11 personnel, a lot of 10 personnel. So it's getting multiple receivers on the field. And <laughs> believe it or not, I think Gabriel Davis is, is uh, largely, largely responsible for that. That's very interesting. That's very interesting because, uh, you know, again, yeah, like you know, I look at his stats and I'm like, well, that's, in, that's impressive. But, uh, you know, with the, with, the, with the touchdowns he's been able to put up. Um, but, again, I, I think it's important to give a, a, a quarterback, especially a young quarterback like Josh Allen, multiple weapons to work through um, so that he can, you know, diversify where he's going with the football. But let's flip sides. Let's go to the defense because last year the Bills' defense – was you know one of the best in the league they were lights out at times um you know we, we've seen them and how they've played uh but this year ranking wise they're 18th in points allowed they're 21st in, in yards allowed but they're still you know top 10 in turnovers top 10 in uh you know in, in, in fumbles you know in fumbles and everything they're they're able to still do some things right um 
and uh, they still got lots of playmakers on them. You know, Ed Oliver's still out there. Um, you still got Jordan Poyer, who I think is really has been really impressive this year when I've watched. You know, you still got Tredavious White, Tremaine Edmonds. Everyone knows those big names. Who have been those X-Factor guys on defense this year to kind of come up in the big moments and make the big plays whenever the, the, the you know, the team was struggling? Yeah, there's no, there's no way around it. The Bills' defense – this year has not been as good as it was in 2018 or 2019. I think it was top three uh, each of those two years. Mm -hmm. And then obviously a, a quite the dip this year. I think what it comes down to is it's been injuries. Um, the Bills have a linebacker centric defense week one. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano got injured and Edmonds played through a shoulder injury that you could tell he wasn't right for about five or six weeks. But over the last four or five weeks, I mean, Tremaine Edmonds has looked like the Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl linebacker we saw last year. And then Matt Milano just – I mean, he's been dealing with a pectoral injury all year, and he just came off of IR actually last week against San Francisco and he was on a pitch count. He played like 19 snaps. So I think in a linebacker-centric defense, without having your main two linebackers, right, Sean McDermott, think about him at Carolina, Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis he needs those linebackers for this scheme to work. And so they're, they're healthy now. Uh, and you're seeing the defense play a lot better. The other thing has been in the secondary, you know, the safeties are really outstanding in Hyde and Boyer, like you mentioned, Tredavious White's a bonafide number one uh, corner, but the, the guy opposite of Trey White CB two has been an issue because, you know, Levi Wallace is, is kind of the preferred starter. He's been injured and he's had some up and down games, uh, his injuries have led to Josh Norman having to play, and that's not something you want to happen in the year 2020. Uh, they've had Daryl Worley. They've had seventh-round pick Dane Jackson having to start over there. So it's been, it's been getting guys healthy on the back seven. And then up front, the Bills have a really good and talented defensive line, the most expensive defensive line in football. They're, they're paying this group $51 million. That's more wow. than any other wow. team. So they wanted this, this rotation, but it took, it took Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott a while to figure out the combinations, right? I mean, you want to rotate a lot. You got to know which groups work well together. And I think not having Star Latule, who opted out due to COVID, uh, threw a wrench in their plans because they, they counted on him as the one tech. And now you had three techs playing one tech. So I think the amount of time it's taken to get the rotation up front figured out, plus the back seven injuries, um, has led to some, a ton of inconsistency early in the year. But I will say, Really, over the last five games, uh, this defense is starting to remind us of the units we saw in 2018 and 2019. Now, that being said, the, you know, the defense, they've had, they've had issues this year. If you're the Steelers and you're game planning to attack this team, you know, where do you go? Where, you know, where do you say, okay, we're going to try this thing? And not just players necessarily attack, but things that you've seen hurt the Bills this year. What's the, what's the main thing you've seen give them troubles and uh, where they've had a hard time finding answers against when offenses have put up points on them? You got to go after Levi Wallace. I mean, he's the weak link in this, in this defense. Um, cornerback, too. I mean, he's a great story, a UDFA. Oh, I mean, really go back to college. He's a walk-on at Alabama winds up becoming a starter for Nick Saban and one of Nick Saban's favorite players. He goes mm -hmm. undrafted. He's on the Bills practice squad, works really hard, and has been the primary starter for like two years now. But the problem is he gets big boy. And when you got Chase Claypool Yikes. and you have opportunities to get that guy 1v1 on Levi Wallace, you got to do it, and you got to do it over and over and over because Levi Wallace does not have the physical skill to match up with a player like a Chase Claypool. 
He doesn't have the speed to carry a James Washington or a Deontay Johnson. So mm. pick, put whatever guy you want on Levi Wallace, and you're going to have a mismatch, and you've got to go after that mismatch. Now, the, you know, so that's probably what you should do a lot. I mean, it's, I know Pittsburgh hasn't run the ball well this year. Uh, the Bills' run defense has been streaky. It feels like when the Bills' run defense has to be good, when they're playing San Francisco or the Raiders with Jacobs or the Titans with Henry, they belly up and they stop the run really well. But it's when you're going up against these more balanced offenses where the Bills you know, don't have to really focus in heavily on stopping the run, that seems to be where they get gashed a bit. And so uh, I think you need to test to see where the Bills will be uh, in terms of run defense uh, because that, that has been a weakness at times. And then um, – you know, I think, I think the, the other challenge, the Bills, I don't have a number that's going to back this up because the Bills are, are the best in the league taking away the deep ball. They, they don't give it up very often. Mm-hmm. But they are a speed-deficient secondary. They got good players in the back end, but they're not burners. So I would – I say this all the time. If I was playing against the Bills, I would see if I can get some of these defensive backs that are good players but don't necessarily have great vertical speed I would find ways to get guys isolated up, which you can, even though they play a lot of zone. You can find ways to get isolated, uh, get guys isolated up with double moves or you know mm-hmm. flooding zones, those types of things, and see if the Bills defender can run with your guy and you can hit a deep throw. So those would be three things that I would I would definitely keep in mind if I was trying to attack the Bills defense. Very great insight as always from Joe Marino, guy. He's a, he's he's the man at the Draft Network. He's he does lockdown Bills, does everything. Um, Joe, thanks so much for doing the crossover Thursday. We always appreciate you whenever we can get you on the show. Um, and thanks for having us on yours as well. Um, and hey, Joe, uh, let people know so that Locked On Steelers fans can know where they can follow you and find more of your work. Yeah, appreciate that, Chris. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Joe Marino, like Chris alluded to. Between Lockdown Bills and the Draft Network stuff, uh, there's a lot of content. So keep track of it all at the Draft Network. And, and Chris, I got a feeling we might talk again later in the year. Potentially, man. Potentially. It, it, it would be nice It'd be nice if that happens. That means that, that both teams are, are doing well if that happens. <laughs> um, you guys can follow me at Carter Critiques on Twitter. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. I write for DKPittsburghSports.com. I do NFL analyst work. I also cover pit football and basketball there. Um, and, of course, host the Locked On Steelers. And, hey, Locked On Steelers fans, let's help out Locked On Bills a bit. You know, Joe, great dude. We have great conversations. Go on, subscribe to his podcast. Leave him a five-star review with a positive comment doing so always helps out the show and hey lockdown bills fans if y'all want to reciprocate i appreciate that as well that's it's good to help build what we got here we got a great team at the lockdown podcast network is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.